welcome to another edition of Skyline Wealth Strategies. Walter Storholt here alongside the great team at Skyline Wealth Strategies, serving you throughout the Austin area. It's Jess Hamill, Jonathan Berkland. Glad you are with us today. If you have any questions for the team, you can always call or text 512-952-5555. That's 512-952-5555. Guys, if we take a look at the world of medicine, I think we can learn some valuable lessons that can also apply to our financial lives. Want to play along? We're going to take a visit to the financial doctor. Right on, man. I agree. I hope it won't be uh, as miserable as most of the visits to the actual doctor go. Yeah, we're not going to go for a proctologist exam. (laughs) That's exactly right. Yes. Hopefully this is not as uh, unfortunate as that doctor visit. That's for sure. Uh, Even if you feel fine, this is often a lesson when it comes to going to the doctor, it's still usually advisable to get periodic checkups. Hmm, That probably does go to getting the old prostate exam, doesn't it? (laughs) Uh, Is the same to be said in the financial world? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So, I mean, there are so many people out there that I've encountered that think they've got a great plan, which they don't. They don't have have a plan. It's not that it's not great. There's no plan at all. It's just spin down the 401k. You know, grandfather said, as long as you spend less than 4% of your portfolio, it'll last forever. And they're stuck in the 1980 plan. So people come in, we give them a checkup and we start doing some math and say, okay, so here's where you are now. Here's how much you have. And as long as you die by 72, you're going to be fine. Yeah, it's a, it, it's a big eye opening. And it, uh, <laughs> but once it's solved, it's still important to have that check in. I mean, things come up in life that you don't really think about. You know, like sometimes you go to the doctor and they start asking you questions. And they're like, "Well, have you had any any pain anywhere?" Well, well, actually, you know, I had this weird thing happen to me, but I didn't think anything about it. You know, that, that happens in the financial world too. You know, and, and sometimes it takes somebody just kind of asking you questions that may may seem off the wall but kind of poking and prodding at you to get you to come up with something and uncover a problem that you didn't even realize you had or hopefully it's not a problem yet but it might become one and we can kind of catch that before it comes to uh, comes to fruition so it helps to just have a, a different perspective another set of eyes we talk about that all the time just come get a, a second opinion it's good to continue doing that even after you have a plan that you're confident in that you're your uh, financial professional is confident and just keep keep meeting and, and going over that plan on an annual basis to, to keep poking and prodding and make sure it's as good as it can be. It's, it's pretty straightforward, but it works. Preventative care in That's medicine, it. just like preventative care in the financial world. They go yeah, hand in hand. Sure. Sometimes you go to the doctor and it turns out maybe there is a little something wrong and you need a prescription. We need we need to solve a particular <laughs> problem. And a lot of the times the good news is there is a prescription or something that can help the problem. That's true. So you know, we'll, we'll take a look at what you have going on and if we see any areas, just like the doctor does some blood work and he's like, hey man, your blood pressure's up or cholesterol or whatever. When we see things, uh, I'll give you one example. You know, the couples that come in all the time with all their money in a 401k. They got almost nothing in the bank. They don't have anything in a Roth. Nothing that's non-qualified. It's all in a 401k, and they're so proud of it. And I'm like, congratulations. You, know, you have the rest of your life, every penny that you pull out is going to be taxable at whatever rate we're in when we're there. Yep. So just you know, being able to identify some, some issues that you may not realize are a problem and helping you solve them is, is huge for us. Yeah, yeah. Or another great couples example is kind of differing levels of, of risk tolerance, right? So you may have one who's a cowboy or cowgirl, and they're totally fine with the level of risk they're taking. And they're confident they can just figure it out, you know, as it comes, they'll, they'll figure it out. Right. And the other spouses over there shaking their head, like, I'm not comfortable with this. I need a little bit more, more guarantee in my life. I need a little bit, something more that I don't have to necessarily manage, you know, when this other one's gone and that may not even be a, a need or a desire that the other spouse is aware of. Um, and so again, it's, it's good to come in and kind of get poked and prodded a little bit to uncover these things and know that, 
you know, sometimes that prescription may not be exactly what you want in the moment. You know, maybe as that cowboy or cowgirl, you know, the spouse is willing to take more risk, but in the long run, it's going to be most beneficial to both of you to do something about that and maybe address that that risk uh, and bring it down to something that's more in line to something that's agreeable between the two of you, you know, for the long run. So it's not always a fun prescription, you know. We don't always have <laughs> positive, fun conversations, you know. There are the ones where it's like, hey, you know, we got to adjust this budget. It's not going to work the, out. Oftentimes you know? we don't, you know. Bring people back to reality, but a lot of people need that reality, and most importantly, they appreciate the reality, right? Because we, we don't try to, you know, uh, sell unicorns and, and rainbows here. We don't have any of those to yeah, offer. That's that's not what it is. Up handed, you know? Just be as candid as possible, and but also offer, you know, real and viable solutions and, and work towards, you know, obviously the, the best case scenario, which is a happy and prosperous retirement. So we're not afraid to tell you you need a prescription, but we'll also make it as, as painless as possible and, and give you something that's actually going to be beneficial and, and work in your in your favor. Yeah, so. absolutely. I can't even follow it up. That's <laughs> that, Well, I was following this, you up. So <laughs> well said. Well said. I went to uh, went to the doctor a couple of years ago, just the you know primary care, uh, get some checkups on some things, some blood work. And while I was there, I, did, I pulled one of the old. Hey, I said something here. Can, can you look at this? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Does, does this look infected? Yeah. Is this bad? <laughs> and, Should I worry? And I remember the doctor looked at it and he goes, "Yeah, I don't know. You got to have to see a specialist for that." Uh, like, God darn! I was trying to avoid that. I was hoping you would just tell me it's nothing and I can yeah. go about my business. Yeah, but like, you're a doctor. What do you do? Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're a doctor. You should know all of these things. So uh, a good lesson to be learned though of course uh depending on different parts of the body uh different uh body systems there's different doctors that have different specialties for all of those things is it the same in the financial world because i feel like everybody can just call themselves a financial advisor yeah that's, it's, it's, that's true. It's, it's even more significant yeah. here so it's yeah. like yeah. You, know, you go to your regular doctor and you got a sore on your toe okay big deal you're gonna see a dermatologist or a foot doctor or you're just gonna blow them off and it'll go away right but if you got something going on with your heart or your brain you want to go to a specialist so retirement that's pretty important <laughs> I, I no longer have a job and i'm too old to go back out and get a job and now i've got to deal with what i've got that's that's important and you don't want the wrong guy you don't want the general practitioner advising you on what's going on with your heart you want a heart specialist yep yep and i think you know most financial advisors fall in the camp of, of accumulation specialists right like they're they're focused on getting you to the point of retirement of being able to retire i mean that's that's your focus most of your life too you know you're accumulating you're working you're putting money away um, you're not really worried about uh, the preservation distribution of those funds until further down the line. And so that's where a lot of uh, advisors, you know, make their living and they, they do great jobs too. many of them. Some of them don't, of course, but many of them do. But they're not necessarily specialists in, in getting you over the, the final the final hurdle of life, which is retirement, which which shouldn't be a hurdle. It should be fun and enjoyable. Right. But if yeah, you don't have the right it. plan in place, it can it can feel very painful and, and can be very tiresome. And, and really, you're just engaged in worrying about you know, is this going to work out? So finding somebody who specializes in the retirement space, who can talk to you about social security, who can talk to you about taxes, who can talk to you about, uh, you know, estate planning and legacy planning and talk to you most importantly about income planning, right? Okay, great. So you have this pile of money, you know, yeah. small or large, what do we do with yeah. it? Because that's not the end goal. The end goal is not just to have we're a pile. Make, we're not trying to make it a bigger pile. Yeah. <laughs> we're trying to use that pile. We're using that pile. If it grows, then fantastic. But the ultimate goal is to give you income for the rest of your life. So how do we do that? Well, that, that's the long conversation. And, and that's really what we specialize in. But you know, if you're talking to the person who got you that big pile of money, chances are they got you there because that's what they're good at. 
they're not necessarily good at, at the next step. And right. so it's okay. Just like, just like with your general practitioner, it's okay. You're not, you're not saying that they're a bad doctor by no longer working with them and finding somebody new, right? You're just adding somebody else to your healthcare picture, which is really what we're trying yeah. to do. We're coming in to the picture and, and, and practicing our specialty. It's as simple giving, as that. You've been giving you blood pressure medication for 15 years yeah. and now you're old. <laughs> we got to fix the problem. <laughs> we're going to fix the you're problem. You're going to die if we yeah. do this stuff. You know? so we got to make Fix the symptoms. So that's, we're just specialists. That's a great way of putting it, Walter. And that's really where, where our focus is. We're, we're not trying to be all things to all people. We're focused on the retirement space, and, and we enjoy that, and, and we're good at it. I like that. I feel special. If you need to work, <laughs> there we go. Yeah, yeah. If you need to work Mom, with the retirement specialist, Mom has always told me I was special. So now, <laughs> that's right. That's I right. can actually prove it right. Now it's true. Uh, you can get in touch with the team at Skyline Wealth Strategies very easily. Call or text 512-952-5555, or go online to skylinewealth.com. Again, that's 512 952 5555 or skylinewealth.com. One more comparison to make here between going to the financial doctor and uh, your regular doctor is that, you know, this happened to me, guys, when I was 18 years old, uh, just maybe a week or two, a couple weeks. It was in the summer before leaving for college. Like five years ago. Uh, yeah, like five <laughs> years ago. Uh, wow, a little longer than that now. Uh, over the summer, sometime before leaving for college, I went to get my normal eye check and everything, uh, get you know prescription for uh, new contacts before college started, all that jazz. And the doctor, the ophthalmologist or op- ophthalmologist, I can't remember which get one it right, it was. Well, sir, <laughs> it was. It was one of the two. This basically uh, said to me, I have glaucoma as an 18-year-old. Ooh, uh, wow. He was, he was like, you have glaucoma. Uh, good luck. <laughs> like, oh, wow. Like, just, wow, dude. Seriously? Just sort of left, Done, huh? left it hanging. And it was, now, this was kind of in a smaller town where we went to high school at. Um, we moved down toward the beach uh, in my final couple years of high school. And so my mom was just like, she was floored, obviously. And I was like, what in the world? Like, this is bizarre. And we did have a lot of uh, eye stuff in our family. We've got macular. Every grandparent has some sort of eye issue going on. And so it was like not that far-fetched. And, uh, you know, he had said basically you have a high eye pressure, disc, your disc ratio is off the charts, and your family history, you're a textbook case. You've got it. So that was pretty, like, big eye-opening thing. My mom said, let's get a second opinion. And so she said, you're going to the college town. They've got really good health care and doctors up there. Let's find somebody up there that you can go get a second opinion from. And sure enough, I did, and the guy apologized to me that the other guy was ridiculous and dumb for suggesting that. Um, He said, you do have high eye pressure. You do have this high ratio, blah, 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 blah. But you know what? You were probably born with it, and that's the difference. Not to get all into the technicalities of glaucoma, but I guess if you start with small numbers and and they become big when you get older, that's what leads to things like glaucoma. Yeah, it's relative, right? It's It's relative, but if you're born with it already, that's just how your body is. It doesn't mean that things are getting worse. A second opinion. Sometimes, guys, it can be helpful. Yeah, a second opinion can be helpful. I just just tells a story, and I won't spoil it for anybody who hasn't come out to one of our events. But he tells a story about uh, the effectiveness of a second opinion in his world, and it's pretty powerful and impactful. And it definitely uh, is important to get that second opinion. And you know, it, it may be that it turns out you are just fine, um, yeah, right? or it may turn out that you do have the glaucoma. But uh, it's nice to get just a second opinion. So if you if you're somebody who has a plan and feels good about it, get the second opinion. If you're somebody who maybe thinks they don't have quite a good plan, get a second opinion. Yeah, get a first opinion. Yeah, at least at least the first opinion, right? But uh, it's really important just to ha- just to have somebody talk about it. I mean, just like uh, you know, you can procrastinate and avoid going to the doctor, which is kind of what this segment is using as an example. I think it's it's pretty powerful and, and true. It's important the older you get, just to have that checkup. You don't know what can go wrong and 
time's not on your side. You know, it'll just be as straightforward as I can mm. be. Time's not on your side. So if, 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 if you don't have if you don't have that on your side, you know, uh, you, you don't you can't make up for it. So you, you don't have as much error room for error. So we have to make the right decisions as much as possible, and in order to do that, you know, measure twice, cut once. That's what it comes back to, and that's yeah. that's what if, this really if is. If your advisor's advice, and especially if it's the advisor you had since you were forty, right? Said, okay, exactly. You're, you're you're now sixty three. You're approaching retirement. Let's shift your bond stock ratio down a little bit, and now you're good for retirement. You probably need a second opinion. Yeah, yeah, and and again, not saying that that quote unquote doctor isn't a good doctor. They may be very good at what they do. But we're now yeah, in a, he's telling you got glaucoma. You we're we're in a different we're in a different zone here. We need a, we need a specialist to come in and provide a little more guidance and, and expertise on particular areas, which is is retirement. So that that leads you right to us. So if you haven't come out uh, to an event, do come see us. Uh, we're doing them uh, periodically. Nice venues. We have a good time. Uh, we feed you well, and we talk about what we do, how we do it, and why we do it. All kinds of of conversation on income planning, taxes. And, and retirement in general, and that's where you'll hear the story that Jess tells, and, and and just relate to us on a more you know person to person basis, and and see if we're somebody you'd like to to spend a little bit more time with. Um, and if you don't, that's fine. We'll be friends, and if you do, then we look forward to having a lifelong relationship. That's what we're here for. We're here to help plan your retirement. If you want to learn more about working with the Skyline Wealth Strategies team or sign up for some upcoming events where you can come and learn a little bit more about the financial world, some of the mistakes that others have made in the past and how you can avoid them yourself, uh, be sure to reach out. You can call or text to inquire and RSVP for those things. 512-952-5555 is the number. Again, that's 512-952-5555. And you can also go online to skylinewealth.com. That is skylinewealth.com. Final little nugget on that story, by the way, guys, to this day. So, you know, we got home that day from uh, when I was 18, and they told me I had glaucoma. We got home, and, of course, we Googled everything there is possibly to Google about glaucoma, especially glaucoma in young people. We signed up for all sort of literature to get delivered to the house and all that kind of stuff. To this day, my parents still get delivered this, like, glaucoma monthly newsletter, <laughs> and they, they pile them up, and then whenever we visit, you know, every couple of months when we see each other, they always give me my, my newsletters. Like and any running any, joke. Any yeah. propaganda that's come in, they're like, just in case you need, to, you know, some light reading, here you go. So, it's kind of a fun reminder. Of that, uh, of that incident and that, uh, that time funny. in life, which was pretty good. Uh, so more coming up on today's show. Thanks for being with us. You're listening to Skyline Wealth Strategies with Jess Hamill, Jonathan Berkland. I'm Walter Storholt. Thanks for staying tuned. More on the way. Talk 13.7, the right choice. It's getting to know you time. It's time to get to know the team at Skyline Wealth Strategies a little bit better on today's show. Guys, what would be more valuable, the ability to see 10 minutes into the future or 150 years into the future? You can only pick one. Oh, 10 minutes for sure. Man. Yeah, I was thinking 10 minutes would be the easier one. But, I mean, it would be cool to see 150 years just to have that like, it would perspective. It freaking awesome to It'd be, be kind of scary, it, I'm sure, too. Not, but, not as useful as 10 minutes. Yeah, I mean, well, is this like a one-time deal or like question did not spe uh, specify so you <laughs> can take the you, rule book on you, that one you can take some liberties here with the with the question if you could repeatedly check 10, 10 minutes into the future yes I mean, if there was an ongoing skill let, let's you know, do that it's an ongoing skill at any you time go. you can Hell look 150 yeah, years yeah. in the future or 10, ten minutes 10 minutes, minutes, ten minutes for sure hands like, down 10 minutes traffic is backed up do yeah. i take this exit do i stay minutes no, 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 which no, no, one's no, right no, no, no. nfl in las vegas <laughs> <laughs> you are a billionaire in two days 
See, well, that's see, that's where I was going to go with the 150 years into the future. Was yeah, it, but you ain't going to be here in 150 years, man. It's like anything you can anything you can predict 150 years from now. By the time it happens, well, you're what if we cut in? What if we call it 50 years just to make it like more, closer? That's to good it. for you. It's, it's useful for me. Man. <laughs> it's, <laughs> good. it's good for your kids. Not dead anyway. <laughs> Ten minutes, man. Ten minutes. You're watching the Super Bowl. Hey, I, I bet you a hundred thousand dollars. This dude's going to throw this into the end zone and drop yeah. it, and, and this guy's going to flip over and break his foot. Twenty three point seven yard. Yeah. Yeah. Who's not going to take that bet? Right. All you would need to do is get on Jeopardy and you'd be you'd be oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah it's kind of interesting go. to to think about uh looking into the future like that in small chunks big chunks and which would be more valuable i don't know i could see definitely a lot of arguments on each one though cuz theoretically if you look 150 years in the future you're going to be able to make some very quick assumptions to yeah, what yeah. succeeded to get to the 150 like, years, and you can still kind of use that to your advantage and that sort of thing. And, and if, if that's what I was tasked with, if, I, if Tim is what an option to make it the 150 year thing, I would figure out a way to to use that to make my daughter's life more better. There you go. More better. Not more better. More better. <laughs> well, I said more, and then I backed <laughs> off. It's not more better, but better. Uh, all you really need to do, since you went the gambling route, Jess, is uh, like they did in Back to the Future. Uh, what was that? The second or the third one, where he gets the sports book and it, yeah, the sports exactly. almanac that says all the winners. So then you can come back, and then uh, now you've got your almanac. And so yeah, okay, all right. So if I could go 150 years <laughs> in the future and find a sports almanac. 150 years ago, come <laughs> back. Like the but yeah, years. then you're done, man. You're totally done, and that'd be way better because you're not doing it all on one bet where people get, you know, like suspicious. Yeah, what yeah. are you? How are you fixing this? Yeah, you start using different bookies for every game. And, you know, I mean, you could accumulate some pretty good wealth pretty quick. With that, you know, it's a well like thought enough, enough to retire on. You could do easily in six months. Yeah. It's, it's a well thought out plan. One NFL and NBA season. That's what Biff did and made it made it work. So. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah, or or Griff. I can never keep them all straight through the different yeah. generations. Griff, which, exactly. which ones they were? Griff the second one. Biff the first one. That's right. Well, there you have it. Getting to know the team a little bit better it sounds like we have some really solid interests for humanity to use with our advanced skill of looking forward into time <laughs> you know you know I, I gotta tell you i know you're trying to, to, to close it down but i've thought before about you know the, the rubbing the, the bottle with the magic genie but if you just have one thing yeah one thing for the rest of your life what would it be and for me it would be to be able to play every single song ever written perfectly on the guitar at any given time, just at a whim. So you just like hear a song and then you're like, boom, like yeah, exactly. I can figure out how to. Or, or any song, you know, just this, you know, an old song that I that I love, you know, an old Black Sabbath. Yeah. Song. Just any yeah. song, just rip it and hit it, perfect. I'm not worried about money. I'm worried about. I'm not worried about. I mean, I'm not worried about money. I'm concerned with the pleasure that I would get for being able to play any song I ever wanted anytime yeah. perfectly. That'd be pretty cool. I'd yeah. awesome, I would accept that. I mean, you can figure out a way to make some money off of it, but it's not about a money thing. You know, it's like right. Yeah. Just the the pleasure, the 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 happiness of life to be able yeah. to. You know, we are about music. So it's like I've always thing. wanted to be able to play the piano like that, and just be able to like play the piano and just riff something off with people hanging out. Like that's yeah. yeah it'd be like at a, like at a, like a Christmas party or a yeah, New Year's yeah. party. Yeah. And Somebody's like, hey, piano play something. But the piano sitting over, then you just go and just start just yeah. insanely ripping it up. You know, I've got a friend like, who's like that, and uh, and it's just awesome. It's just so cool when they break into it uh, we actually just donated him my piano that uh, we had inherited from the people that we bought our house from of, cool. of all things which is kind of <laughs> wild and um, he has this awesome music room at their house and uh, but he didn't he, he made enough room he cleared out enough room to fit a, an old school piano in there and so he's just got this nice little uh, nice. What, what do they call it spinner pan not spinner is it an upright or is it, or is it flat spinner uh, it's the the little the, like the sm slightly smaller than a true upright uh, what do they call it the spin Oh, I know what you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, I do. I, I don't know piano well enough to even 
come up with the name, but, but it's yeah, like a small upright though. It's not it's like a it's not like a grand. It's right. not, not a baby grand. It's not yeah, it's not yeah, flat yeah. out. It goes up. Right. right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, as long as you got the length on the strings, that's all you need, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And so he said he's he's loving it. He's playing it every night. He's teaching his kids. Uh, his kids are like you know three years old and two years old, and they're they're banging on the piano with him every night. And he's going to use it to teach them music. And so I was like, man, that's so cool. I wish that is totally awesome. Dude. I just grew up not not being able to really do anything instrumentally. I have no no real good sense for tune or anything like that. So yeah, I think I'm, I, I'm like your skill with the guitar. I would just do it with piano. That'd be cool. Dude, and I'm, I'm, I blew it. I was incredible on the piano when I was a kid. Like my piano teacher would get mad at me for not reading music because she would play it once and I would just play it by ear. She's like, you need to read the music. I'm like, why? I, I can nail it right here. You know? <laughs> and I lost interest because that wasn't cool. You know, it wasn't cool to play the piano in 1976. It was cool to play the guitar. So I'd like yep. ditch the piano went after the guitar. I never got anywhere near as good on the guitar as I was on the piano. That's too bad. And, and now to think to think about it, like at thirty years old, to be able to walk into a room with a piano on it and just, just start tearing it up, you know, the yep. tips would just like come flying at you. you know? <laughs> but I, I didn't I didn't realize that when I was eight years old. You know, I thought that was for nerds, man. I wanna play I wanna play Kiss and you know, Black Sabbath. Little, like little, little did you know. Little yep, did you know. Exactly. Uh, spin it piano was the word we were looking spin for. It. Okay. Spin it. Spin it. Cool. Yeah, well, I've just, got I've actually got an opportunity. A girl that used to work for us that's still uh, maintain a good friendship with who's actually really good on the piano her name's jen she somehow stumbled across you know those chicks like this comes across some kind of deal all the time but some dude was trying to get rid of one of these really high-end expensive electronic pianos but it, it like has the i don't know what you call it. it's like when you when you play the keys it actually bounces back like it's a real piano uh, the, the hammer yeah yeah exactly yeah, yeah it's yeah. like it's, it's one of the high-end ones and she got some kind of deals guys trying to get rid of it trying to get rid of his house or whatever she got it for like almost free but she had to store it somewhere for a month or two till she got back to her apartment so she wanted to know if she could send it to my house i'm like hell yeah i've been sending it up there i'm gonna put it up in the guitar room get it all set up and she may not even get it <laughs> <laughs> it's found its new home already yeah. you'll like, realize yeah, you, you come over here and play it you know? yeah you realize your abilities after all yeah heck yeah That's i'm awesome. still not, not, not bad on the piano no. I, 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 you know when you're eight it's like trying to learn a language. You know, it's like when, you're, yes. when you're a kid, if you got three people talking to you in three different languages, you'll be fluent no matter what. Your yep. brain is just soaked it up. It's yeah. just there. you got to start it young. That's it's too true. much else in there now. I'm, still, I'm okay. <laughs> I can still play. That's all right. Very cool. That's getting to know the team at Skyline Well Strategies a little bit better today. Back to the financial talk, guidance, and advice coming up. Stay tuned. Extra, extra, read all about it. Well, it's time to see what's happening in the news on Skyline Wealth Strategies. Walter Sorholt here alongside Jonathan Berklin and Jess Hamill. Guys, this is kind of interesting. ExxonMobil has been replaced by Salesforce as part of the Dow Jones Industrial Average. Exxon had been part of the Dow since 1928. Imagine trying to explain to someone <laughs> back in the 20s what Salesforce even does or is, right? Right. That's just I, that's crazy to me. They got booted in the first place, uh, regardless yeah. regardless of who uh, filled that spot. But wow, I can't believe Exxon Mobil's off the Dow. Yeah, it's just, it's like a changing of the guard, right? It's like the sort of the, the old school out, new school in. Yeah, that's that's major. Man. Technology in, oil out. It's weird though. It's super weird. It, it's kind of crazy to think about that actually occurring. It's definitely a, a sign of the times and a sign of uh, kind of the the new economy, if you will. It's yeah. a little scary seeing physical things like oil and, and yeah, energy and things like that yeah. move off of it's our staples. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Interesting. You can't uh, put your your fingers on Salesforce, at least not not in its true sense, right? It's 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 there in the yeah. Most people ether. most people don't have a clue what Salesforce is. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm regardless whether it's Salesforce or Facebook. I mean, I'm uh, it's the fact that ExxonMobil 
you know, I'm a, I'm a car guy. I'm never going to be electric car. I'm going to be a, you know, a, a beefed up big block, you know, making lots of rumbling noise. It's like this is just another step towards getting rid of uh, the rest of us that, that like that sound. You'd be one of the, the few that still drives the, a gas-powered vehicle. Yeah, I mean, it's like by the time you have grandkids and everybody's driving electrical cars, I will still be doing burnouts down I the street. Think, You'll hear me from a long way up. All right, well, there you have it. ExxonMobil off the Dow. Salesforce in. Interesting to watch those changes, that's for sure. All right, back to more financial talk, guidance, and help on today's show. Coming up, you're listening to Skyline Wealth Strategies. To keep your retirement plan reaching for the stars, go check out the team at SkylineWealth.com. That is SkylineWealth.com. Now let's get back to the show. Well, it's time to answer another one of your questions here on the show as we open up the mailbag. And Jess and Jonathan, I've got a good question here from Jane. Jane is in Westlake and says, I'll be retiring in exactly one year. What's on the list of things I need to do before I officially walk away? Whew, man, that's a, that's a broad question and a big list. Yeah, I guess it depends on what you've done so far, maybe. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> if you've accumulated well um, versus not, you may need to work a little bit longer. That'd be the first thing, but somebody, you know, somebody from Westlake retiring in a year, I'd say they're probably in pretty good shape. So the first thing, if you do not have an income plan or a retirement plan right now, and you know, you're retiring in one year, the single most important thing you can do is get to our office and let us help you start working on an income plan so that you know how you're going to fund your retirement. Sure. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it starts with a budget, right? We need to know what we're working towards. What are we, what are we funding from a retirement perspective? And then uh, having all of your your accounts visible and trackable, I guess, to you. There's so many people that come into our office and don't know what they have or where it is. So that's a good little little bit of homework to do before you go see any advisor is figure out where where is everything and do I have statements for it and do I know how it works and what are my questions and so on and so forth. So at least you know what you don't know. You know what I mean? Maybe. And then that's a that's a good starting point. So uh, get your arms around where you actually are so you can start planning. We, we, right. had, we had a client who was in there last week and I mean there was a I'm not going to get too specific because if they hear it they'll know what we're talking about but a <laughs> several hundred thousand dollar discrepancy yes. in wow. Does this count exist or not? You know, Correct. I'm just yeah, like, yeah. wow, man, guys, come on. you got to have an well, idea. I think, yeah, I think, yeah, 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 one of those things. Yeah, so uh, don't don't be that guy when you go to retire. Yeah, don't be that. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty straightforward. I mean, other than actually getting down to work and building the income plan that Jess is talking about, really having a lay of the land, what do you have? When are you looking to retire? What are you trying to do in retirement? That's kind of where the budget comes into play. Are you looking to sit around the house all day in your pajamas and eat, you know, frozen pizza or you're going to go, you know, buy an airplane and fly around the world. I mean, those are two different lifestyles. So just having an idea of of what, when and and what you have to try to get there. And then those are the pieces that that really any advisor is going to need to start shaping a plan and and formulating a a true uh, retirement income plan that'll get you where you want to go. So So backing into that, all that high level, because that's quite a bit, the, the, the main answer to that is, figure out how to get a plan, an mm-hmm. income plan, a retirement plan, some plan on how you're going to do it, um, whether that's here or somewhere else. Um, of course, I would suggest here. So I'm not saying don't think about maybe coming to a you know, seminar right. that's just come on down, but come see us. We'll help you out. Guys, I'm just curious on uh, another piece of Jane's question here. I'm just keying in on the, you know, I'll be retiring in one year and kind of sounds like she's at the beginning of this process. Is that typical? It sounded from your voices like, ooh, that's like really soon. What would be the average distance out from retirement that people usually start to talk to you and get their plan in place? Unfortunately, it's not as long of a lead time as you would yeah, think or as you would expect. 
But I would say, I don't know, Jonathan, what do you think? I mean, that, that's pretty, no, one year's pretty normal. I'd say that's on the shorter end of what we'd like to see. I mean, I think we'd like to see people in the, the two to maybe four year range kind of. Uh, Depending on their age, too. So if I got a 50 year old that wants to retire in three years, that limits to some degree depending on what accounts they've utilized to stockpile um, their nest egg on what we can do. You know, I, I yeah. got a guy in there who wants to do a bunch of Roth conversions, so as soon as he does, we've got to wait five years to be able to, to mess with him. Plus, yeah. he's young enough that we've got to get past the 59 and a half. So, yeah, it's always nice to start early, but the earlier we start, the smarter we've got to be about how we plan it so we make sure that we're not stuck in a five-year gap where we've yep. retired, but we're not to quote, retirement age yet, so our retirement accounts aren't right. available to and us. And make it flexible enough to, to incorporate changes along the way, yeah. right? So, yeah, I mean, we, we see people all over the place from, from five years out or more from retirement or five to even 10 years into retirement, and they're trying to figure out, can I get to the end? You know, what do I need to change uh, along the way? But, I mean, ideally, we're talking to you one, two, three years you know, there you, you go. I, mean, I feel a, like we're giving politician answers here. Yeah, right. It is. Jonathan, Jonathan got it in the end there. Yeah, yeah, you answer the question. Uh, it's uh, and it's in my opinion that's the correct answer. Yeah, well, one to three years out. So, so we're not in a bad spot in this particular situation at all. Um, I like that. One year, two year, uh, three or four year, five you know, year, somewhere, maybe, somewhere in there. there. Uh, but that that does make sense. I get the point behind why it ends up being closer than you'd like it, but obviously we can desire for it to be a little bit more lead time and see the benefits from doing such as well. Another great question. And if you have a question of your own for the Skyline Wealth Strategies team, reach out by calling 512-952-5555. That's 512-952-5555. Or go online to skylinewealth.com. Talk 1370, the right choice. This is the Skyline Well Strategies radio show, helping you take the confusion out of retirement planning. It's another Skyline Wealth Strategies moment to help you out when it comes to financial and retirement planning. We're going to try and take a few minutes to make things a little bit clearer, easier to understand, whatever we can do to help inspire you to get better prepared for your financial and retirement future. How's that for a rousing speech on the show today, guys? Uh, I, like <laughs> I love it. I like it. Good. This is, this is dipping into my arena here, man. It's almost uh, physics. You know? it's, there you it's, go. It's financial physics. Mixing it up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, if you're just joining us, Walter Storholt here alongside Jess Hamill and Jonathan Berklin. I'm driving the bus. They are the ones you want to listen to. Uh, they are the folks at Skyline Wealth Strategies who are going to help you get two and through retirement, and we're answering your questions along the way. We're helping you out. We've got a good topic to talk about over the next couple of minutes here, equal and opposite reactions. Jess alluded to it as getting a little you know, into the physics realm a little bit. Many financial circumstances that you'll find yourself in have both positive and negative <coughs> aspects. Decisions that you can make have both good and bad consequences, or as Sir Isaac Newton once put it, for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. If you're that. trying to keep up with us, here's here's a, the first one to kind of serve as a good example here. You're a fan of Sir Isaac Newton, right? Of course. Oh, okay. yes. Okay, good. So let's see. Uh, let's say that you want to sell some stock to take advantage of the terrific growth that you've seen for the last couple of years, but you don't want to deal with the taxes that it would create. Walk us through the way that you talk to people about uh, a situation like that. Trade in your IRA, man. I mean, it's like totally the, the – there's only one answer to that, either – well, I'm sorry, there's two. Either bite the bullet and pay short-term capital gains on all the back and forth that you've done, or just do it in your Roth or do it in your traditional. And with the Roth, you'll never have a tax issue. And with an IRA, it's it's just going to come out in the end. But, you know, right now in my, in my uh, non-qualified brokerage account, I sell some stock and realize a gain and turn around and take all that money and put it into another stock. 
and then it goes up, and I sell it and realize again, and take all that and put it into another stock. I haven't taken any money out of it, but I'm paying tax on all that each time. Yeah. Each time I make a gain. But if you do it in your IRA, it's just back and forth, and back and forth, and back and forth. It's all tax deferred until it's time to pull it out, uh, or even smarter, do it in your Roth, and you never have to worry about it. Yeah, we see it two ways. The, the first, the first approach is what Jess is describing, which is, you know, we get people who come in here and they want to play. You know, it, yeah. it, it, it it's not always playing, but maybe they. Maybe they made some good investments a while back, and 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 now they're in a in a position, you know, where they're they need to take advantage and take some of that off the table. That's that's sort of situation number two, which we'll come to in a second. But the first situation is, hey, I want to play, you know, I, I think I can make some great gains in the market. I know what I'm doing, but you know, I, the trade off is taxes and especially those short term capital gains. Like, ouch, that really hurts. And so, we, what we see is people will come in here and it's like. They put money in their 401k, which turns into an IRA at some point, and they haven't touched that thing in years, maybe even decades. And they're playing around in their non-qualified brokerage account, which incurs those taxable gains anytime they're you know trading positions. And so it's like the light bulb hasn't gone off in their head. And, and when we tell them, hey, just do that in your IRA instead, which is what Jess just described, it's like, whoa, yeah, I can do that because all the taxes are either deferred or non-existent, depending on the type of, of IRA, and it's, it's it's just a light bulb moment, right? And and if they don't if they don't have an IRA, well, then maybe we get one. That's, yeah. yeah, get one or, or you know, Let's different approach. Up. But most people do have one, and they can they can do that, and they're just not necessarily setting them up for you know maximum tax efficiency, and and that's kind of the light bulb moment. You know, play around in your tax deferred or tax free accounts, and and it's not an issue. Um, the other situation, right, uh, which is you know, scenario number two, is I've, I've got some long-term capital gains from some great investments that I made in my non-qualified brokerage account, which will incur long-term capital gains. Um, and, and a lot of my money's there, and I need to do something with it, but I don't want to pay taxes on those gains. And it's it's just one of those things. It's like, well, what what's the ultimate benefit? What are we trying yeah, to accomplish, right? Now. If you've got... If Social Security and and your pension and, and, and rental income, whatever else you've got going on is meeting your needs, well, then taking that income, maybe taxes on, on income that you don't need, well, maybe we think about it differently and, and try to defer some of that. Maybe we, we, we don't take those long-term gains off the table. But more often than not, people are just, they don't want to pay the, the long-term capital gains and they're foregoing some betterment in their life. They're foregoing enjoying what they've worked yeah. for, right? They're not getting that retirement income that they, they want and really deserve because they're afraid of paying these taxes. But if you've got those long-term capital gains, I mean, I can't imagine a better time to take that off the table. I mean, I can't predict the future, but I'm pretty confident the taxes are going up at some point they're in the future. So uh, they're definitely not going down. So scrape that off the table and take advantage of that that opportunity to enjoy what you've worked so hard for. So it's really kind of those two situations, and we may have made this a little bit longer than your question intended, Walter. But that's okay. uh, but but you know, John's making a good point. That's the paradox it's, I deal with all the time. Two scenarios. People are like, yeah. People are like, oh my god. I have to pay taxes. I made all this money. I got to pay taxes. I'm like, yeah. okay. Would you rather have not made the money and not pay taxes? Right. Congratulations. You made a yeah. dollar, and you're justifiably. I get it. You're upset because you give the government thirty cents out of it. Yeah. So you got seventy cents. Would you have nothing? <laughs> like, yeah. You, know, you made the money, pay the tax, and move on down the road, and then do it smarter next time. Yeah, and that's just the candor that we bring to the situation. Just try to see it clearly. What is the what is the maximum benefit, and what are you trying to accomplish? And there may be a little pain with it, but you know, in the end, you're going to be better off uh, for making the right decision rather than sticking your head in the sand and hoping for the impossible miracle situation, which is never going to happen, right? which is no taxes on anything ever. <laughs> yeah, just like Roth conversions. You know, yeah. what do you want? I don't want to do Roth conversions. I have to pay tax on it. Okay, we'll, right. we'll sit on it and pay, pay more tax later. Go for it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're all good. Since Jess likes to do um, often uh, gambling references, I kind of liken this to 
oh, you know, my brother and I went in on a bet on something and we won big, but now I got to split it with him. And it's right, like, right, right, yeah, yeah. I get half of something. He said, all another. <laughs> right, what right, about exactly. yeah, yeah. It's like, well, I mean, you kind of knew the deal going into it that that's what right, it was going to be. Right. Just like, you know, you're going to pay taxes on what you're investing. So exactly. don't be upset about it. Just deal with it. And, uh, but also, like, it's not a reason to be sad. It, or, or separate it. You know, that's yeah. the whole thing's like, yeah. go ahead and keep making the money. And if you're unhappy about the tax you're paying, go focus on not, on, Figuring out a way to re- yeah. reduce the taxable exposure, but don't not make money because you don't want to pay tax on the money. Exactly. That's dumb. Exactly. Yeah, great points. All right, uh, let's say another scenario here. That was fun. Equal and opposite reactions. How do you guide people through this conversation? Let's say you just received a big inheritance, um, You know, something in life that doesn't happen to us all that often. We don't have a lot of experience usually to draw on that. And so that's like... Exciting, I guess, in a way, because you might have a whole bunch of income, a whole bunch of money all of a sudden to help you with whatever you're trying to do in life. But at the same time, that equal and opposite reaction factor, you're mourning potentially the loss of a loved one. Yeah, and we, we run That's into that tough. before. Yeah. And, it, and it's, it's even tougher when you're sitting down with people planning the retirement. They haven't planned very well. You can look at their budget. You can look at the resources and see there's a problem. But they're saying, well, you know, when dad passes, I'm going to get four or five hundred grand. So it's mm-hmm. like they want to be excited. But they can't be excited. It's a, it's a horrible paradox. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, so, so going into that, going into that, that's the most difficult. But I'd say, you know, if somebody passes away and leaves you some money, park the money, do your mourning, be respectful, and then look at that, at that money as something that somebody else worked for. And if you respect them, then do something right with it. Don't go out and buy a new truck with a stereo system and a lift kit. You know, do something that's going to benefit you or that's going to benefit somebody. And, you know, deal with it. Let's move on down the road. Yeah, and that's really the, usually the intentions of the person who passed it along to you. Obviously, you, you made the list somehow, right? You're on, right, the, yeah. you're on the beneficiary list. So there is uh, some caring and, and there is an intention of you, uh, you know, enjoying enjoying those those assets and hopefully putting them to good use, like Jess is saying, rather than just kind of burning them away. And most of the people we're talking to are, are responsible enough and understand that that you know they're not just going to go blow that on something. They're very almost sort of like uh, protective uh, of the yeah. inherited assets, and that's, they don't that's want to do anything with it. totally fair and, and understandable. Um, but you know, I think what we see more often than not, you know, they're, they're overprotective in the sense that like they don't want to change how they inherited it. it. It's like almost a superstition sort of thing. You know, I inherited, uh, you know, a thousand shares of Apple stock or whatever, right? Yeah. And like they don't want to, they don't want to change that into something else that might be more beneficial to them in the retirement space. So that that's really what we kind of fight through. It's it's like you know, it's okay to make some changes here. You know, whatever suited the person who had this may not be as suitable for you. You're not doing anything to sort of demean them or anything like that by making some changes. You're just using it to suit you best, which is what they would have wanted it and what the intention was in the first place, or else you you wouldn't have been, you know, inheriting it. So it's really just just being kind and respectful and and talking them through how to how to have it make sense in their plan and and make it part of their their overall retirement picture. And most people are appreciative of that, but it does take a little bit more time and you know, it, it is what it is. It's, it's a tough thing, but ultimately don't make the mistake of not utilizing it to your advantage because that, that was the intention. Right. right. And, you know, he, he makes a good point that the majority of our clients, by the time you get a plan of retirement, we're not talking to 25 and 30 year olds. Right? Yeah. So most of these people are either, either approaching retirement or the retired. And, you know, realistically to get in the demographic of the people that end up whining, uh, you know, sitting in my, in my seat, they're already in pretty good shape. So it's just going to enhance something. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the travesty is when you see a 30 year old inherit an IRA. So, you know, right now, unless you've got over $20 million for a couple, nobody's paying inheritance tax. But if somebody leaves you an IRA and you make $100,000 this year and leave you seven hundred grand, do not cash the whole thing in and you'll pay 37% yes, tax yeah. on everything above the, you know, half of that, dole it out and be smart about it. 
because that's what they would have wanted. Yep. So just just use your head and be respectful of the people that you know that left you the money. They worked hard for it. Well, that's a great point. And uh, I want to get to one more example here. If you're just joining us, we're talking with Jess Hamill, Jonathan Berkel, and the team at Skyline Wealth Strategies. And if you need some help walking through some of these conversations uh, that we're going over on today's show, don't hesitate to reach out. You can call or text 512-952-5555. That's 512-952-5555. Or go online to skylinewealth.com to get in touch as well. We're talking about equal and opposite reactions in the financial world, the Isaac Newton financial principles, if you will, uh, financial laws. Uh, you want to reduce the risk in your portfolio. I imagine that's a goal of a lot of people that come into your office. But at the same time, they don't want to miss out on potential growth. This is that constant struggle. I feel like you're probably dealing with every client. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I can just kind of laugh it's, at this. I mean, uh, yeah, that's, 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 you could you could analogy you could put an analogy to that to, to you know good versus evil. I mean, it's like the yeah. the ultimate back and forth. You know, it's it's risk reward. Um, if you don't want to miss out on a potential growth, you got to take the risk. And if you're 65, 68 years old, and you've got a just enough money to barely make it, then don't take the risk. It's pretty straightforward. Yeah, it, it is straightforward, but a lot of people. They don't perceive risk in the same way, and certainly not not in the way that necessarily we perceive it. I mean, everybody everybody's life experience is different. Everybody's investment experience is different. But for most people, they're only seeing their own experience, right? So right. when when we're looking at you know hundreds of portfolios, I mean, and, and hundreds of life stories, I mean, unfortunately, we see bad along with good. And so I think we're a little bit more eyes open to the risk that's out there and what has occurred in many people's lives. And you know, we see a lot of people who come in, and you know, they've done really well with you know second liens on investment properties and and it's like oh my gosh you know that's yeah, really you got, risky you, you know you that's, lucky that's that worked out for you but you really could have lost it especially with you know most of your portfolio being invested that way uh, just as an example you know we see things like that where we're much more afraid than <laughs> for the client than the client is for themselves and and that's it's hard to have the conversation of you know they agree they want to reduce the risk but they don't necessarily agree that the, along with that should come a, a a reduction in potential growth and so kind of the compromise it comes back to our income plan and we talk about it so much because we believe in it i mean if you set up that income plan right for the long-term betterment of your retirement right this income plan that gives drops you income in month over month that you can rely on and depend on then everything else that you have in your portfolio that isn't directed at the income plan becomes a lot more available to take a little bit more risk on and you're less concerned with the consistency of performance not that we don't want it to do well but we're okay taking a little bit more risk so sometimes instead of just looking at as a entire portfolio level of risk and return it's better to look at it as an individual investment level of performance and return, right? We're okay with a little bit less return on those assets that are going to give us income because we need to, we're relying on those. We have to have those. And we're more okay with taking a little bit more risk on those assets we aren't depending on for income. And in that way, we can achieve a blend that we're comfortable with and are okay, you know, ha having over a long term, but we still have that sort of comfort level of having assets we can depend upon for income and assets that we know aren't necessarily for income. Wow. I mean, that's a, I don't think I could have explained anywhere near as good as he just did. Uh, but the bottom line is, is you've got to separate that. So it's, what's your risk tolerance? Well, is that on my income or is that on my growth? Yeah. Your risk tolerance on income when you don't want to go back to work should be pretty low. Let's get your income set up. It's, it's kind of like saying, you know, even to a 40 year old, how worried are you about losing your job? 
do you want to go, you know, come in drunk? You want to come in late? You want to go party with the boss's daughter? He's like, you don't do those kinds of things. Right? You don't want to lose your job. And it's like yeah. income is important. That's not where the risk is. If you want to take some risk, take it out here. Something that you're not that you're not relying on. So yeah. when you can split the portfolio up and get your lifestyle set up with income, now you can take a little bit more risk on what's left over because if something goes wrong, just write it out. You're not you're not relying on it. Yep, simple as that. And it's not that simple, but we can make it that simple. <laughs> exactly. we, can, we can make it that simple. It's not simple for us. We'll give it back to you. It's pretty simple. So if you're feeling that pull between portfolio risk and portfolio growth or performance, uh, it take, take some time to come out and, and talk to us and see us. You know, we do these events around town, various restaurants, and we put on a presentation that's really, uh, we try to entertain you and feed you well, but we also talk about some serious things in retirement. We talk about what to do from a risk perspective. We talk about income and taxes in retirement. We talk about setting appropriate goals and, and, and figuring out what that budget's gonna be in retirement. How do we account for inflation over time? All those things kind of meld together in a retirement plan. And that's what we like to talk to, to people about and help them solve. So coming out to see us kind of in our environment, if you will, get to meet us face to face, see who we are and how we operate. Uh, you might find that we're a good fit for you to, to develop a relationship with and put that retirement plan together. You've been thinking about that, you know, you need to address some of the issues that maybe are kind of in the back of your mind. So take the opportunity, take advantage of the opportunity, come out and see us. Uh, join us at one of our events and, and maybe get to know us and put that retirement plan together. Again, the number that you need to call if you'd like to come out to an upcoming event or if you want to talk directly with the team at Skyline Wealth Strategies, RSVP and get in touch by dialing 512-952-5555. You can call or text that number if that's easier for you, 512-952-5555. You can also go online to skylinewealth.com. That's skylinewealth.com. Find out about upcoming events on the website, RSVP there as well. You're going to learn a lot at those events, like how to avoid some of the common retirement mistakes that other people make, things like taxes, the annuity trap, the problem with investing as if you're still working, procrastination. That's, of course, a big one as well. So, again, skylinewealth.com. That's the place to go to sign up. Or you can call or text 512-952-5555. That's 512-952-5555. And that's all the time that we have for on this week's show. For Jess Hamill and Jonathan Berkland, I'm Walter Storholt. We'll talk to you next time right back here on the Skyline Wealth Strategies Radio Show. All opinions and information expressed by the speakers on this show are solely the opinions of those speakers, not those of Skyline Wealth Strategies or any of its subsidiaries or affiliates. All opinions are based on information the speakers consider reliable. Opinions and information are provided as is, for educational purposes only, cannot be guaranteed or warranted, may change without notice, and may not be corrected or updated. Opinions and information should not be construed as an inducement to invest, an offer to buy or sell securities, nor as legal tax or investment advice, nor do they take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs, and are therefore not necessarily intended as recommendations suitable for you. You must make an independent decision regarding regarding investments and strategies mentioned on this program. Neither the speakers, Skyline Wealth Strategies, or their affiliates guarantee any specific outcome or profit. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all investments involve inherent risk and total loss. Strategies and investments fluctuate in price and value, and investors may get back less than they invested. You should seek advice from independent financial, investment, and legal counsel before making any financial or investment decisions. Transmission of information through this program is not intended and does not create an advisor-client relationship between you and Skyline Wealth Strategies. Information provided on this program may reference other service providers, including websites operated and maintained by third parties. The provision of such information does not imply responsibility for or an endorsement of any third-party information, opinion, recommendation, or investment product. Reproduction, distribution, republication, and or retransmission of any portion of this program is prohibited without the prior written consent of Skyline Wealth Strategies.